Morning, everybody. Friday morning. All get very excited. You know why everybody's excited today? Because it's payday. And people get very excited. Even my driver this morning said to me, it's payday. Friday is payday. And I tend to forget that everybody gets paid on the Friday. And it's funny, you'd think they'd pay you on a Monday or something like that. But no, they pay you on a Friday. So that's like, he's, his money's already gone in. Already checked his uh, bank account and was uh, baxed over at midnight. So that's good news, isn't it? Which means that uh, we can save up for Christmas. But he's actually got a holiday around the corner. This is the one going on that uh, very inexpensive holiday to Tenerife, where I saw a house the other day for sale. And it's obviously on the harbour front, wherever that is. And, uh, and it was only five and a half million euros. But this place was enormous. It was a real mansion. You know, when they say a mansion, this looked like the kind of thing, if you stuck it in can on the front, it would be 150 million. But because it's in Tenerife, it comes in at five million, which is, which is a lot of money, but not if you've just won the lottery. Which I haven't, but I said I wouldn't mind winning the lottery. I just say that every week. Uh, the forecasters in the paper. Are we going in for heavy snow this winter? They're a bit undecided. They're a little bit sitting on the fence. Uh, up north, Scotland, yes, they will probably get snow. Down here, maybe not. But I'm hedging my bets as well and saying I'm not too sure either. Because if you tell people we are going to have heavy snow, they'll all get excited. And then when it never arrives... Or failing that, if you say, no, it'll be fine, and then the stuff comes down, you feel a bit like sort of a weatherman who's completely screwed it up, I'm afraid. Uh, other stories of the paper today, they're, they're still milking this uh, one about Zara Phillips telling Mike I want Blonde's phone number. It's a load of old hooey, it really is. It's like going to a Sally Morgan show. Have you noticed that they're all in the papers now going, really, she's preying on the bereaved, she's not allowed to call herself a medium because she's not. She has, you know, but some people say she brings comfort. She does, but what she's doing is she's entering into a business arrangement with people. And uh, Jan Moyer, who's quite mad, I'm afraid, was talking in her column in the paper today about the fact that Sally Morgan doesn't need to employ these things, you know, like people whispering in her ear or doing that kind of stuff, which, which mediums used to do, in inverted commas, years and years ago, because that was an easy way of doing it. You'd have somebody there going censor. Sally Morgan, because Jan Moyer went to one of her shows... Uh, says she has a big glass thing in the foyer and you write something and put it in there. So all she's got to do is pick this up and read anyway. You, you've, you know, they don't have to go onto Google for about five seconds and they've got all the information. It is all there. So she doesn't need to employ anything. All she's got to do is have that little bit of cold reading going on and people buy into it. It preys on the bereaved. I feel a bit sorry for people like that, but if it gives you happiness, fair enough. If you've paid for the privilege, why not? Why not? Nobody really cares, uh, except Sally Morgan. You must be thinking, I mean, do you think people going to a sh- I don't, do you know, to be honest with you, I don't think people who go to her shows are going to worry about that. Whether the fact she's a, an out-and-out fraud or she's just cold reading, it makes no difference. You know, as long as she brings some happiness and, and she comes up with a few crackpot things, people buy into it. We've had them all before. Clairvoyants always do very well. You know, whenever they go out there, people who claim to have a sixth sense or whatever they do, and, and they stand there on a stage, they've done it for donkey's years. They did it years ago, and uh, people used to go around and expose them. People used to talk about things like ectoplasm. I never knew what it was. And they'd have tables rising in the corner, you know, and people, ooh, ooh like that, and getting a message. In fact, it, exactly the same in Ghost, when Whoopi Goldberg is operating these, uh, these sort of quack seances where she's talking to the dead. You cannot talk to the dead. They're dead. End of story. There's no hotline. Otherwise, as Jan Moore says, Diana would have been on the phone to her straight away. But as I say, Sally Morgan has milked that for ages. I don't think it paints Sally Morgan in a very good light. What, what some of the columnists are saying now is she should be stopped touring these shows. But then there's loads of people who do it. You can go around to most village halls, length and breadth of this land, and you will find at some point somebody will put on a psychic fair. 
In fact, I think they have them down the road at uh, Sunbury. And uh, the village hall there, people go and park Saturday night. They do them in pubs as well. And you pay a fiver or something like that, and then you go and sit with a, with a clairvoyant who will uh, read your palm. It used to be cross my palm with silver, now it's can you put a fiver down or a tenner or whatever it happens to be. You find them at the seaside. You know, the Petulengro family seem to be all over the blooming place. They must have bred like rabbits, I suppose. You know, and they've done royalty. They haven't. It's a load of old quack, I'm afraid. It is a load of old quack. You read some of the, the testimonies from, you know, the Petule... Petule... Whatever they are. Uh, family. But some of them are so far removed. And they've got testaments, you know, as, as consulted by heads of state and crown... It's rubbish. It's just lies. It's just lies. You know, you see the Queen... I think we should go down to Brighton today and consult a psychic. What a load of old cobblers. It's rubbish. Rubbish, rubbish, rubbish. And, yes, I mean, I mean, the psychic would actually come up here because Sally Morgan, apparently, you know, as, as we said yesterday, speaks uh, or spoke to Diana every single day. And does she still talk to her? I shouldn't think so. She's milked that for all the publicity she can. But, you know, next year it'll be somebody else. We had Derek Acora. You know, an old quack he is. So we've had him. It's very funny. You know, we like it, but it's an entertainment. But as I pointed out yesterday, it is illegal in this country still to call yourself a medium. Which is a shame, because I've always seen myself as a bit of a medium. Other people see me as an extra large. She's a small next door. It's an old gag, and it's been used a million times before. And I I see no reason why we shouldn't use it again. There's a picture of Cheryl Cole with her soldier boy. He's a grown man. But, uh, you know, the trouble is... I don't know. This is the man she tweeted about, said, oh, I've met, you know, a soldier boy, you know, eight and a half thousand of them out there. But anyway, so they, they have pictures of them together, but it's just a normal picture. And he, he's looking forward to making contact with her and then going back and saying, well, yeah, lads, you won't believe this. Just spent the week, I don't know what he talks like, he's probably terribly well-spoken. And uh, just spent the week, he doesn't have to be Geordie, does he? I'm just assuming. You know, once you find out what her family are like, you might not want to hang around with them anymore, I don't know. But there's a picture of him. His hair's going already. I don't want to be rude, but this man's hair is thinning. I'm sorry, he's, it's thinning. They look great with their hats on and their berets and all the rest of it. Take it off and you go, oh, lad, your hair's going, isn't it? Whereas she's sort of, she's just having a picture taken. There's no closeness. Well, it doesn't appear to be. He doesn't appear to have his arm round her or anything like that. I don't think so. It's just one of... Um, Loads of pictures she had taken with a soldier, so they're going to make something out of it. The papers are running out of ideas. They're absolutely running out of ideas. So, so they, they've sort of put that in there, and we all go, ooh, lovely, lovely. Uh, here, MasterChef is losing half its audience. They've moved the time of it. Um, I can't bear MasterChef. Celebrity or otherwise. It really is. And uh, they've got John Tarot. I, I can cope with John Tarot. I can't bear Greg Wallace. Makes my flesh creep, I'm afraid. It's like watching Ainsley Harriet on the television. Now, ooh, thank you, no. And so they've got this... Um, celebrity version, but they've shunted it to daytime. And I think there's a thing about not more cookery programmes on daytime. So 2.6 million viewers tuned in on Friday night, which was a major drop in the 5 million who watched it uh, before. As as we said yesterday, funny thing is, Blue Peter only attracting 100,000 people. I mean, that's that's a disaster. There's more people listening now than there is watching Blue Peter, and you wouldn't like to imagine what the budget for Blue Peter is. Uh, strangely enough, I, I mentioned Dale Farm, and I'll come back to it a little bit later on this morning, um, because it turns out that Basildon Council are paying about £57,000 in housing benefit to people, to people parked illegally get housing benefit. How does that work out? How does that work out? They're not supposed to be there, but they're paying housing benefit. Bunch of crooks. I mean, come on, that's Basildon Council, incidentally. Uh, because you, you can well imagine that Frankie Boyle was talking about Dale Farm today, and uh, he says it's ridiculous. He said, there's no, there's no men down there. 
He said, where are they? He said, they're trying to hide all the stuff that they've nicked because they've got tyres, they've got everything down there. But men are conspicuous by their absence. But talking to people who are there illegally, there's a woman in the paper today called Victoria Campbell. OK, Victoria Campbell is an NHS care worker. Now, this is where you're supposed to feel a little bit sorry. And she hasn't got enough money uh, to live. She's, she's 20 years old and she has a boyfriend called Bill Warden. And so what her parents have done is in their back garden, they've built a shed... And she's living in it. Now, as you know, it is illegal to live in sheds in the garden. And so she's gone all uppity. You know, I can't afford to live anywhere. My parents have only got this one small bedroom. So they've built this thing in the back garden. It's 14 feet by 15. It costs them £14,000. Now, I don't want to be cynical, but if she's complaining about being hard up, why didn't her parents give her 14 grand to, to, put, to put a deposit down on something? But no, they built a shed in the back garden. OK, so they've got it here. And so the, the council member goes, you can't live in this, love. No, you haven't got any planning permission. A shed is for a lawnmower and a wheelbarrow. It has no running water, but it's heated by an oil radiator and draws electricity from her parents' three-bedroom terrace house. So they've, they've moved... So technically, they've built another place in the garden and she's shacked up in it. And it's illegal. She's living rent-free, uh, 16 feet by 16 feet, and um, they're looking to raise £20,000, and uh, they say here, they think it'll take five years to raise the twenty grand. Well, if your parents hadn't built it, you'd have had 14, love. Don't want to point out the patently obvious, but, I mean, they must be pretty stupid. Building something in the back garden, you're living in it, council have come round, and they've gone, no. I'm afraid it's, it does not provide adequate living conditions. And she's going, meh, 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 meh. And I'm thinking, no, love, they've got nine months to get a new place or they'll be fined. Better move out, haven't you? Why don't your parents put... I don't, to be honest with you, 14 grand for this pile of rubbish. I've never seen anything like it. 14... You were done, love. You should have gone to B&Q or some of these other places. 14,000... She said it's so difficult to get on the property ladder. Well, how do you think everybody else copes? Everybody else finds it difficult. It's not easy. And so she's sort of, um... She's there living in her parents' garden, and she's not supposed to be there. And when people are told off, they go, oh, they start being all funny about it. And you think, no, there is, a, there is a law. So I'm just going to show a picture of the man with not much hair. Now, I think his hair is thinning, all right? Okay. Now, okay. okay. See? Yeah, he looks better with it, the beret. He looks better with the beret on. You know, and it, it is thinning. It's, I mean, it's, it's receding. Oh, it's, he, you know, bless his heart, he's got a nice he's face. He's never asked to be a celebrity, though, and be picked No, up, that's the he? trouble. She's now, you know, it's... A bit like you and me, isn't it, really, I suppose? Except he's got a little bit more hair than I have. <laughs> I'm not going to make a big thing about it. But he he's put his way, give him another five years, he won't have anything at all. Oh, so Well, I mean, I'm, I'm just oh, pointing my. out the paper. If you've got, you know, sort of brown hair or mousy-coloured hair or blonde hair, there's a very good chance you're going to lose it. It's going to fall out. I used to have hair down to my shoulders. It's lovely, I could plait it and everything. In fact, at one point, my hair was so long, I could bring a piece around the side and put it in my mouth. You know, like people chew hair or chew the end of pencils. I could do that with my hair. Well, I didn't used to plait my hair, no. Sometimes I used to twist it, you know, because it was, it was quite nice, actually. Unfortunately, that's a, that's a dim and distant memory for many of us. Quarter past five. These are the headlines. All eyes will be on the city later after another big drop in shares, all linked to fears the world's biggest countries are heading towards recession again. In this country, £64 billion was wiped off the value of the FTSE yesterday, the biggest drop in nearly three years. Travellers at Dale Farm in Essex find out later exactly what's happening to them. Another last-minute court appeal will decide if they can be evicted from the UK's largest illegal traveller site. And an out-of-control satellite the size of a bus is due to hit Earth later. 
NASA still doesn't know where. Normally they burn up on entering the atmosphere, but this one's six tonnes, and some parts will land on Earth. Check on the roads for you this morning. It's Rachel. Thank you, Steve. Good morning. Well, it's not too bad a start on the road. Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. 18 minutes past five. Friday in London town, coming to you live from Leicester Square. Very busy out the back this morning when I came in. Very bu- noisy. You feel like going, shh, can't you queue for a bus very quietly? So anyway, shh, be quiet. Uh, the Only Way is Essex returns on Sunday. It's got a BAFTA and a million viewers. So it's like ten times. Oh, you've got a BAFTA for being, for being, I don't know, I mean... You watch the Chelsea one, yeah. My friend Graham knows a couple of people on the Chelsea one. Some of them are quite funny. Some of them are just a bit wide boys, aren't they, with a little bit of money. And a couple of the guys look... I don't like them either. There's that very funny boy with the very long hair wants to be a model. Oh, you knew you'd like him. Gay boy who you like. He wants to be a model, and they said, we have to cut all your hair off. Oh, I don't know. He's, very, he's bizarre. They're very, very strange. But, but the only way is Essex is returning. So what they've done is they, they've interviewed people who come from Essex to say, you know, do you watch this programme? And what they've actually said is, no, we don't, because these girls are bimbos. They are the classic, archetypal, thick-as-a-brick bimbos. Amy, stupid childs. Uh, the other one is Lauren Goodger, used to go out with Mark, another bimbo. And the other one, Chloe Sims, biggest bimbo you've ever seen. It's not a compliment. Tara Elliston is head of Department of a Comprehensive in Brentwood, and she says all the kids in the class, they don't want to work, they don't want to get GCSEs because they think you can be as stupid as these girls here and we can be glamour models. She said, and the boys all want to run nightclubs, you know, own nightclubs, whereas in fact Mark Wright doesn't look like he's got thruppence to rub together, I'm afraid. I thought he just fronted it, I didn't think he owned it at all. Then they've asked uh, Gabrielle Clark, who's 24, they're not old people these, she owns a health and fitness business, and she says, I hate the language in the programme and the way they speak about sex like it's a game. They're bimbos, Gabrielle. These people... that I've told you before, I've been down to Essex, I've asked loads of Essex people, and they say they're not... These, these, are, these are the tart end of Essex. The tart end. Apparently, it was um, Denise Van Outen's idea. She went out with Ruth Wrigley, and they were talking about doing a reality show, and she said, well, perhaps we could do it up north. And... Um, Denise Van Outen said, well, why don't you do it in Essex? There's enough material down there. And there is. You know, you can find these bimbos in the nightclubs. They're not difficult to find. It's just that this is slightly the older end of the market. You know, poor old Amy Childs. I mean, you know, it's, it's a shame, really. But they don't portray women down there. Feminist commentator Kate Smirthwaite, an author of the uh, blog cruelblog.blogspot.com, says um, the, uh, the fact that in 2011... The only way Essex is on our screens is a sign of how much feminism has achieved. Just think, 50 years ago, the thought of women being open about sex, living, uh, living independently, drinking, partying, would have been scandalous. And she says these girls are the worst possible role models for young women. They don't represent Essex. As I say, this is the bimbo end of it. The girls who actually put a whole trowel full of makeup on to go out shopping, and they look like this. Housemaker Carol said it's an insult to all us Essex women. And having been out to the Essex show last year, you don't see anybody who looks like this. They do not exist. They only exist on the television. And, uh, and, and then you're trying to have a conversation. You know, they're all a bit, bit thick, but they are the bimbos of Essex, I'm afraid. And as such, you'll have to put up with them for a little tiny bit longer. Not too much. Not too much, because eventually it will run out of steam. And uh, let's face it, they're up to three series, and still nobody's achieved fame. You know, no, although I do have it on very good authority that Amy Childs has landed her own show on Channel 5, and I think it might be a series. 
we think. I'm not too sure about it. That is a bit scary, isn't it? When, when, when the dumbing down of television, which is Channel 5, is so appalling, you end up with Ace Bimbo, who can't string two words together, and go, sharp, sharp, you know. And Harry Durbridge's family, you know, the very gay one, uh, the only gay in Essex, I fear, because most other gays in Essex are fairly butch. He's bringing his butch brother in, who isn't gay, and his mother as well. And Harry, is doing pantomime as the cabin boy in Robinson Crusoe in Woking this year, obviously thinks he's arrived. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Mind you, talking of arriving, all the papers uh, are probing now the cage-fight parents. I did love the, uh, the, the parents of the little boys who were cage-fighting. They're all advertising their conservatory business. Did you notice that? Kind of a worry, isn't it, really? Shaven-headed blokes... That's what was on the T-shirts. I've only just been able to read it. And it's got the name of the company, and then they've got conservatory. <laughs> and you think, yeah, and tarmacking, and anything else you can think of at the same time. Because they obviously look as though they're sort of general builders. And so they, they've actually, um, they've asked people to comment on it. All the experts have said, it's a bit sad, a group of men standing around, well, two sort of eight-year-olds start fighting. It's a little bit pathetic, but uh, karate... Uh, body Nakmas, Joe Ellis's, says that uh, we're calling for a ban on cage fighting involving children. It's far too risky for them, but this is just the tip of the iceberg. We have evidence that young children are also involved in full contact karate. The risks carried by this practice are the same. Well, it happens on traveller sites, we know that. We've seen it on the only, ways, uh, the only um, My Big Fat Gypsy Wedding. Little tiny kids going out there wearing their underwear, fighting. A friend of mine was in a pub in Shepparton a short while ago, and a traveller uh, group were in there. And one of the kids came up, about ten years old, said, do you want to come outside and fight? Well, this, this friend of mine, who's, who's, who's well keyed up about things, said, no, I don't think he does, actually. And strangely enough, they've then gone to ask Alex Reed, a cage fighter, but the thickest bloke you've ever met. Uh, and he says, what I saw, I think, has been sensationalised. I don't agree with kids fighting in a beer fueled environment, but what I saw there was, was protection. They looked highly trained. Oh, stupid, aren't they? really are dim, honestly. Why does anybody... Do you think they ask him just for a joke? Let's ask Alex Reed. Ale- Hello, Alex. Hello. It's the Daily Telegraph here. Te- Telegraph. T... T-E-L-E-G-R-A-P-H. It's a newspaper, Alex. Yeah, that's right. Yes, yes, yes. You, you've, you've had your chips in that one. OK, fine, that's good, the telegraph. And we were just wondering what, what your thought is on cage fighting. Cage fighting. K-A-G-E-R. You know, you know what you do occasionally for money? That. It's, it's all right, is it? Thank you, thank you. Lovely to talk to you. Thank you, but do you want to put the phone down first? All right, bye. <laughs> that's how it would go, isn't it, from the telegraph. And they put the phone down and go, you won't believe how dim he is. You will not believe. Um uh, uh, oh dear, a newlywed couple couldn't have any desserts at their reception because of Siggy breaks. Sarah and Lewis Hickish were furious to find out they'd run out of time for serving the £2,500 three-course meal. They hired the top of Portsmouth's Spinnaker Tower, but because they and their guests kept taking the lift to ground level for a smoke, starters and two main courses dragged on for two hours. Actually, I've sat in a restaurant for two hours, quite normal for the... But apparently it left no time for sweets. Sarah says, I was fuming. Spinnaker operators, continuum, says meal timing was impacted. Because that's the trouble now. Before you could sit at the table and you could just sort of stick it in the side of your mouth and eat your dessert at the same time if you were really lucky. Didn't need to... Now, and I've, I've seen the Spinnaker Tower, it's very tall, and you book it, and then if every time you want a fag, you come all the way down to the bottom and outside. Some people go up to the... Oh, I want another cigarette now. And so they, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you know, if you want a cigarette, don't go to the top of a tower because it's going to take you so long to come down. 
And it used to take forever before they'd go, uh, would you like your... Des-? What, what they should have done is brought the desserts and shoved them on the table, not waited till everybody got back again. Must have been a load of them smoking, wasn't there? You, know, you actually sort of, you actually, you know, put the desserts on the table or make it something easy. You know, make it something easy, like sort of cheese and biscuits or some fruit, and then they could just enjoy themselves. Two and a half thousand pounds. God, blimey. Uh, more money than sent, some of these people. It is nice. I quite, I've eaten in one of the restaurants down there. Uh, and it's, it, it is very nice, actually. Very, very nice indeed. Um, there's another one here. There's a picture in the paper today of Lee. Uh, Lee looks like any other bloke who looks slightly strange. And the reason will become apparent in a minute. You, you look at this picture of Lee and you think... Yeah, OK, so you're wearing a suit, an open-neck shirt, and you've got a bit of growth and you've got short hair. But something doesn't quite look right about Lee. And the answer is, he used to be Lisa. And he's had an operation. In fact, he's had £60,000 worth of operations on the NHS to make him a man. So what, what, what he's had here is seven gastric bands at about £8,000 each. Uh, 120 MRI scans, 600 outpatients appointments, 40 cataract ops, 10 hip replacements. This is what it would fund. 20 months of uh, treatment for prostate cancer. But we've spent 60,000 on a bloke who's had a sex change. And he said he wants to do it to talk about uh, gender reassignment. Because I think people think you nip in there. uh, And if you're going from man to woman, you nip out. And the next thing you've got sort of 42 double D. And, and everything is fine. No, 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 no. This comes with months of anxiety. It comes with stress. Many people, you know, end up having nervous breakdowns because you're changing your sex. It's not like sort of getting on a different bus or getting a minicab. Uh, and this one here has made him a man. There's going to be a further procedure in December. He's going to have silicon implants to create little dangly bits. And uh, he'll be able to squeeze one of them to get the wee. And, um, and the rest of it. Get, to be honest with you. It's, it's, it's not something you ever go into lightly. They have to get you assessed by people. And so, but they can't wait to talk about it. They cannot wait to tell you. They can, they, I should imagine Lee was probably a long line of people rushing to the newspapers to talk about it. It's, I don't know why people insist on, on telling you that they've had a sex change. You know, because it's, there will be those people who don't understand it and they'll see him walking down the street and they'll be shouting things at him. Whereas, in fact, up until now, they're probably, you know, next-door neighbours might have thought, we thought it was a bloke. They wouldn't have the faintest idea. But th- there's loads of these people. But, uh, unfortunately, Jenna Sloan says, he seems like any normal bloke sipping on a pint and chatting about football. What, you change your thoughts as well at the same time? So, so, so before, it would have been a woman drinking pints and, uh, and chatting about football. But uh, this operation, fully funded by the NHS, you've paid for it. You've paid for it, the NHS. I mean, I'm not saying that perhaps we shouldn't do it, but I think that people who've got heart conditions and I think that cataract operations and hip replacements are a wee bit more important than somebody who's having something, you know, which isn't absolutely necessary. He could live as a man if he wanted to. You know, you you, you can take hormones. But, I mean, 120 MRI scans they could have had. But this operation to make him into a man. So from Lisa now to New Lee. And he said, I've got the backing of my friends... He said, I'm speaking out now to help others, but gender reassignment is, is no quick fix. It's years of painful, risky surgery, and there's no going back. Yes, exactly. You can't actually get to the finished result and go, well, I don't look at all as I thought I was going to look. I was hoping for Harrison Ford or something like that. And look at me now. I look completely different. So more on that a little bit later on. Plus the, uh, the residents of Dale Farm getting all their benefits paid by Basildon Council. More on LBC 97.3 after the news at 5.30.
Morning, everybody. Nice to have your company. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast, coming to you live from Leicester Square. Bit chi- you know, yesterday was actually quite chilly when I left the building. I did think then it could be we could be in for a bit of a, a bit of a cold winter this year. So it's, it'll be out looking for jumpers and scarves and stuff like that, and seeing whether last year's coat fits. Have you had it dry cleaned? Go get it dry cleaned. Get the stuff out and start sort of putting away the summer stuff. Do people do that anymore? Most most of the clothes nowadays, many of them, you know, are, are sort of a little bit disposable, I suppose. I was watching Andrew Neil the other day, and he had somebody on from, for, I think it was from Dale Farm. My God, she was gobby. My God, she was gobby. Didn't understand the meaning of letting other people speak. And, uh, and he was asking a sensible question. He said, he said, let me just get this right. He said, you're travellers, but you're not travelling, so you put down roots. So do we assume now you're not travellers? And she then, she didn't have an answer, but she just decided to argue with him for the purposes of a television programme, and it was going nowhere, and you thought, you're banging your head up against a brick wall. He said, but it's, it's illegal. You've known it's illegal for many, many years, so why are they still there? Where else are we supposed to go? You know, and I thought, well, everybody knows where you go. You just pull onto a farmer's field, fill it with rubbish, and then move on to somewhere else. So either, you know, you're going to stop travelling. They've had people before who stop travelling and live in houses, you know, and adapt quite nicely. But uh, what what they wanted to do was sort of be able to free to roam and do whatever they they do, and um, and all we want to know is: Are you paying tax? You know, you can afford these big fat gypsy weddings. Where's the money come from? You don't get that from clearing a little bit of rubbish, do you? No. The answer is there's there's criminal activity. I should imagine there's criminal activity all over the place. You know, even with uh, even with this studio, I should imagine something, somebody's probably taken a cup at some point or something like that. But now it turns out that uh, some of the travellers at Dale Farm are getting housing and council tax benefits, even though the homes are illegal. It's emerged that 25 families there each collect between 832 quid and 1,025 for council tax and another up to uh, £1,000 in housing benefit. It adds up to an annual bonanza of 45,500 to 58,000. Uh, a Basildon council spokesman said benefits legislation is not linked to planning law and the legality of a home is not linked to benefits. What does that mean? What does that mean? Does that mean that, you know, you can be as bent as you like, but you still get the housing benefit, even though the housing is illegal? It's ridiculous. Have you ever heard anything so stupid? And a small wonder they're all, they're all over the place down at Basildon Council. They've known about this for ten years. Ten years it's rocked on, and ten years down the line, we're no nearer. Will we find out today whether they get evicted? It now turns out, I think, some of them will be allowed to stay, and the others will just go and set up somewhere else. It's as simple as that. That's what they do. So we'll talk about that a little bit later on. 84850stevenlbc.co.uk. And, uh, and then they, one of the papers has done a big feature today on uh, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie because they're all over the place. And when I say all over the place, they're all over London. He's filming in London at the moment. They've got a lovely picture of the puppet barge. They went into the puppet barge down at Richmond, which is a barge which has puppets on it. It's a puppet. And, uh, and they, they said, uh, we'd have loved Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt would love to come and see the puppets, but uh, could you do a private show for them? Because obviously they don't mix with ordinary people. I don't know, perhaps they haven't got the same sweets or something. And so, so the puppet show people went, yeah, because puppet show people are mad. They, they, they do puppets all day long. Hello, hello, I'm a puppet. You know, that kind of stuff. So they did it for them. They loved it. They went to the Pottery Cafe in Richmond, which I walk past every day, because you can go in there and you can make a plate. And you could put your name on it, like, you know, Steve's plate, which is good. And then you go back a week later and they fired it up. They went to see Shrek. 
they went to Halfords in Isleworth, because they probably think that's a department store or something. Whatever for? I don't know. What did they buy in Halfords? They, uh, nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Well, they, 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 they were just seen coming <laughs> out of there. I think they might have bought, I don't know, a car tyre or something. <laughs> I dreamt about a battery a the other day. I dreamt about a battery. I dreamt about the fact that I'd opened up this item. Somebody had given me so It was like an old-fashioned camera. And there was a light bulb in it, but it wasn't connected. And I came to the conclusion somebody just dropped a light bulb in it. And, it was, and I remember it vividly. I can see this thing. And I remember taking it out and looking at it and thinking, I'll be clever. I'll work out where this light... And I couldn't work out why there was a light bulb in a camera. It's no. not normal, is it? Why were you dreaming of light bulbs? Perhaps because you bought dreaming about 10,000 10, of them once. Well, I, I did once, yes. I'm dreaming of, of cameras at the moment. Oh, yeah. Are you going to buy a new camera, perhaps? No, I have, because I've suddenly realised I've got quite a few cameras. I see. And, to be honest with you, I don't use cameras. You don't take pictures, do you? I don't. I take pictures on my phone. Yes. I've got about four brand new <clears> cameras at home. Nice to take a picture on a proper camera. It is though. nice to take a picture, but they brought out the world's smallest. It is as big as your finger. As big as your finger, it's the world's okay. smallest camera. Thin? It's tiny, tiny. It doesn't have a screen on it, because it's obviously a bit small, you wouldn't see it. Mm. And, uh, and you, c- you can record on it and everything. But I nearly bought a spy pen the other day. It's a pen that's got a, ca- a video camera in it, <laughs> and takes photos. You can record Andy? up to five hours. And, then you sh- and nobody would know, because it- it's hidden in your pocket. Sounds very James Bond to It's me. very James Bond spyish, and you can have things built in anywhere. I mean, you know, you could have a, sm- a smoke alarm. I bought a smoke alarm as well. And you can have a camera built into a smoke alarm. And how many of these pens are you thinking you're buying? Well, in America, $149. Over here, $24.99. Technology has come down, because what? I had a night sight camera once. Is that the difference in price? In America, they cost $149, and it's only yes. 29 here. £24.99 £24.99, pence, which is very cheap. And I nearly bought it, and then I thought... That's rubbish. Why would you want it? Well, what would camera. be the... No. This, yes, well, it, it's a little video camera you put in your pocket. But it is true of most of the stuff I buy. Yes, that's true. I did have, arriving the other day, two Barbie dolls from America. For why? You're a bit old because for dolls, Because they're... Uh, well, they're, they're old Barbies. They're not new Barbie. This is sort of Barbie, not pre-Ken, because I think she's been going out with him for quite a while, <laughs> even though she doesn't know. And, uh, Aren't they pensioners by now, well, her he, and Ken? Well, she, she's been having a lot of Botox, judging by the, judging by the plastic. <laughs> That's because Ken's on benefits. Got some lovely outfits. Oh, she has, indeed. Lovely outfits. Ken, of course, went slightly gay <laughs> when he started looking like somebody at the village people and they gave him some <laughs> fairly lurid shirts. I told you. And it was funny. That some friends of mine have Ken... Uh, dressed in drag. Oh, really? As their fairy on the Christmas tree well, every Christmas. Do you know that you can buy, in America, they brought out a doll <laughs> called Gay Bob. And oh, yes, it would that's be, right. be first on your block with Gay Bob, and he came with a little earring, <laughs> a neckerchief. And muscles. And a moustache and muscles. Yeah, it was very And funny. I looked at this doll, and, I th- and a friend of mine bought one. They're quite expensive, actually. They're quite expensive. The Barbies were not too expensive. One is from 2009, and I think the other is 2008. One is Christmas Barbie, and one isn't. Uh, but they're She's both Barbie. very pretty dresses. Oh, and lovely. so I then thought I'd give them to my goddaughter, Danielle, because she's seven. And she's got lots of dolls. You know, she walks them around. You know, like kids play with dolls. Yeah. And she, she plays with dolls. And so I texted her mum to say, um, d- d- does Dan like Barbie? And, uh, and back, back came the reply quite quickly, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, saying, does Danielle like Barbie? No, she hates them. Okay. Oh, okay. So I went, okay. And then Sharon says, sorry, it was sent from Danielle. So I said, so she hates Barbie. And then Danielle wrote, yes, I do. <laughs> it was a little bit like, Oliver, are you afeard of me? <laughs> no, I'm not. And so she doesn't like Barbie. So you got them yourself now? They're in the cupboard upstairs. And what are you going to do with them? Well, she might take one off my hands. She's a bit old for Barbies. No, you see, girls like that. I've got a friend who actually collects them. 
It's for her niece. She's not going to play with it. Oh, you're not going to keep it for yourself. You're going to give it away. No, she's oh, saying good. It's, she's saying it's for her niece, but we know. Slightly the worried I know the about truth. that. I know the truth. And I've got somebody's old number in my book. A friend of mine, um, called Gary Hales. Oh, yeah. Somebody wanted to get in contact with him, so I've got his phone, his mobile in here. Well, I think he must have changed it because I sent a message to him saying somebody's trying to get in contact with you from another organisation, and um, and uh, I'm giving you her details. So I sent the details off. So this this person then wrote back, "Who is this?" <laughs> so I wrote back, "Steve A." So they've now written back, "Steve A, who?" <laughs> <laughs> so I'm obviously not very well known. So he must have changed his phone, yes, and the phone number's done. been reassigned. Now I, I might be able to get that for you. What? Might be able to get that number for you, Mandy. Oh yes, Mandy. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I've got her number too. Well, why don't you text her and ask her? God, blimey! I'm only passing on a number from somebody. <laughs> it's very conv- at the moment. We're now contacting two people: <laughs> social services, passport control, and immigration. I mean, and Barbie. I and Barbie <laughs> and Ken, who's out with people. Front page of the Daily Star this morning. Uh, they've got some girl who's in the Big Brother house, but as nobody's watching the Big Brother, is it still on? Well, yes, apparently so. Really? I did. I flipped on for two seconds the other night. They're so boring that nobody's remotely <clears throat> interested. There's nothing going on, except there's a couple of sort of would-be glamour models looking for, you know, boyfriends kind of things. They've stuck one on the front here. Because now somebody's obviously trying to push out that love-hungry Lucian Laviscount, who was in the celebrity one, but he isn't a celebrity, uh, is remotely interested in any of these people. They've tried linking him with Kerry Katona. Oh, now they've started linking him with Louise Cliff. Whoever she is. Whoever she is. Well, she's in the Big Brother house and she's glamour model. Okay. Not, not bright. Glamour model. And so they're trying to... Look, well, I'm looking at pictures of him. I don't think he's interested, to be honest. We were already told he didn't have a girlfriend This is before. the boy that used to be in Coronation Street yeah, for, about for about 30 seconds. About 30 seconds. Yeah. Good-looking boy, though. Yeah, but just a little <coughs> bit too wussy. You think so? A little bit too too wussy, I'm afraid. And well, so, nobody's watching anyway, sorry? are they? Nobody's watching Big Well, they're Brother, not, they? unfortunately. But they've managed to get, luckily, loads <laughs> of pictures from the agent uh, of... Um, of this, 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 this girl here. Now they say the house is at war, but as nobody's watching it, I couldn't care less. They could blow the thing up, wouldn't make any difference to me. <laughs> Do you know what I've been watching? I've been catching, I've been catching that lovely, lovely, lovely programme called The House of Elliot. Do you remember that from oh, years yes, ago? Oh, yes, you're watching that on, that's an old, that's written by Jean Marsh. Yes, and it's on, it's on sort of during the early, early evening. Yes, yes. And I've been sort of just coming home from work, I'm flicking it on, and, you know, you've got Evangelina in there rushing off to Paris and she's about to marry... Jack. It seemed ahead of its time when I watched it. When I watch it back now, it doesn't stand it's, up as well. I know, but the best was uh, Dawn French uh, and Jennifer Saunders doing House of Idiots. Did you yes, ever see that? I saw that, yeah. If you haven't seen that, you should go onto YouTube and watch it. It is brilliant. And yeah. they come on, don't they? Do yes. you remember the two real characters? Yeah. I mean, I, 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 yes. It, it does. It's like when, when I watched Upstairs, Downstairs, and you the watched new one the, or the old one. No, the old one. Yeah. It does look a little bit dated but now. The, the new one was good. That they did at Christmas time. Yes, the new one was okay, yes. But um, you see, I wish they'd stop doing remakes of everything. I'm sick to death of turning on the television and here's another remake of either a film or a TV series or something. Leave them as they were. The Mission Impossible films with Tom Cruise were diabolically awful. Well, only because you couldn't understand them. Yes. I mean, no one knows what they were all about from start to, to the end. I understood the other ones. Did you? Which, what, the old ones? Yes, the old ones. Yeah, the oh, Tom yes. Cruise ones were impossible to Yes, it's because of editing, you see, whereas before things were done sort of fairly fairly straightforward. Uh, you know, nowadays it's all edited and... And everything nowadays, remember, they film things in reverse, don't they? They do yeah. the start and then the middle and then the end and then they juggle it all up and they go in on the set and the first day and they go, we're going to shoot the last scene first. Yeah, they have no idea where they are. They've already read the script, but they learn it because they might have to do five lines. Yeah, they make it up as they go along. Yes, I saw them doing Doctor Who 
Who, and he said, right, at this moment, you're going to start reading that. He's going to run across here. This is on Doctor Who. Mm. And he then does it, and then they go, OK, that one's in the can. You must be watching Doctor Who Confidential. Is that what it was? Yes, it's a great programme. I my don't friend, like Doctor Who, though. Don't you? But my friend no. Gillen Seaborn produces that. Yeah. It's a good programme. It's good if you watch Doctor Who. Yeah. You don't like Doctor Who, do you? No, I'm, I've, I was never a fan of Doctor Who. It never really appealed to me, actually. Oh, the new Doctor I like Who's the Daleks. Great. But, and the Cybermen were sort of quite, quite yeah. frightening. I think they're getting rid of the Daleks. Are they? I think so. I think they're going to. Was it Stavros who used to run, or was that somebody else? Stavros. Was something inside one of them, wasn't it? It was a funny little. Stavros. Stavros, Stavros. Stavros was. Wasn't Stavros the man that did the Greek fish and chip shop? He probably was. Show actually. me the money. Yeah, I might have. No, no, that Not was loads money. of money. Wasn't loads it? of money. That's it. Harry Enfield character. Yeah, yeah, loads of money. Show me the money. Was Tom Cruise in that other film? Uh, Prince Andrew's uh, been accused once again. I'm afraid freeloading Andy has just jetted off to Saudi Arabia at a cost of £150,000, hiring a private jet. He's not paying for it, of course. And uh, Jonathan Isby of the Taxpayers' Alliance said, whilst I appreciate the Duke of York's efforts to promote British business, spending more than £100,000 of taxpayers' money on a private jet to Saudi Arabia strikes me as exorbitant. A spokesman for the Prince said the trip was key in promoting trade and had been approved before he stepped down from his role. Well, make him get normal flights. Who does he think he is? Yes, why can't he just go on a normal flight? Everybody else manages to do it. British Airways flies to, to, to those places... D- daily. Yes, and they, they put it this way, if, if Wills and, and, you Kate. know, and Kate can get on a flight like that, everybody else can. Stop being so stuck up, Andrew. Goodness sake, come into the real world. It's why nobody likes you. Even Prince Charles goes on normal flights now, doesn't well, he? They and do, the Queen. They do to save money. You know, you're, you're on a normal flight, they're curtained off in first class. He's so up himself, he thinks that, it, you know, just, is, that's why he's called Air Miles Andy. He doesn't actually do anything. <laughs> Just go on a nice private jet, though, doesn't Stupid he? Because he needs the jet to carry all that golf well, equipment he takes with him. Well, he's just he's just a waste of space, as far as I'm concerned. Quarter to six is the time. These are the headlines. London's leading shares index is bracing itself for another rocky day after panic over the state of the global economy triggered its biggest fall in nearly three years. The FTSE 100 closed down 4.7% yesterday. The slump was mirrored on other markets worldwide. Travellers at Dale Farm in Essex take their fight against eviction back to the High Court later. Families won an injunction to stop the bailiffs from Basildon Council moving in on Monday, but it runs out today. And an out-of-control satellite the size of a bus is due to hit Earth later. NASA still doesn't know where. Normally they burn up on entering the atmosphere, but this one's six tonnes, and some parts will land on Earth. Let's have a check on the roads for you this morning. Rachel Hardiman. Thank you, Steve. Well, a Kent stretch of the M25 clockwise is looking very... Steve Allen. This weekend, in conversation, I'm reminded to tell you that at nine o'clock this Sunday evening, uh, it's going to be Gary Oldman and Christopher Biggins. Gary Oldman, fantastic. I mean, honestly, in the pr- I mean, he's just so good. I want to interview Tom Hardy, I've decided. Oh, so He's do I. like, you know, up there with all of them. And uh, Biggins, because he's embarking, stranger, having picked up on the fact that I've done it before, and Nick Ferrari and everybody else, he's going off on his one-man show. Mm. I know he said one-woman show then for some <laughs> strange... I don't know why, I'm terribly sorry, Chris. But he's mm. actually going out on his, on his one-man show... And he's, uh, he's doing the Queen's Theatre. And he's going to do question and answer as well. Right. He's actually going to do that as part of the show. And he's going to show little clips of stuff that he's been in. Because he has got some good stories. He's been around a long time. Our show, of course, is uh, on the 3rd of December at the Mermaid. And it's sold out. So there are no more tickets. And we're only doing the one show. Doing the one show. Only doing the one show. It makes it sound like I'm only doing not, the one show. Not the not one the show. one show on no. that other channel. No, just, just, just a live just one, one show. show. Yeah. And it's at 2.30, isn't it? 2.30. Which means, well, because she's got to be back in. She's not. She's on curfew at the moment. She's oh, tagged. She? And so if we don't get her back in by 
Because of the mileage, you see. The mileage, absolutely. I'll have to make sure she gets back. And everybody's saying, oh, can we stay behind for a drink? I said, well, she can't. She's (laughs) not allowed to. Not on the medication she's on, anyway. We won't let her in the green room, then. No. Just keep her in that interim area. You know, the bit, the corridor? Yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah. But it's nice, so that's good. There's a a woman in the paper today, and uh, her name uh, is Danielle Wallop. uh, Yallop, sorry. She's been struck down by a mystery illness. Mm. Uh, It's caused. she, she's been going to the gym every day, and okay. quite rarely, but in odd occasions, this illness can kill. What she's got is DVT, which is deep vein thrombosis. And uh, she used to work out at the gym five days a week. Then she found under a, a lump under her arm, mm. and it was caused by the workout. She underwent emergency surgery, which involved a rib being removed. She says, I've always been a fit person, uh, but unfortunately in this particular case, and people have now been warned, you know, when you go to the gym, you have to be careful. You can't just go in there and think you can, you know, do all, you know, all this stuff. You've got to, you've got to do a warm up to start with. I mean, I'm, I'm not preaching at you because I don't go to a gym, but we did for a while for the purposes of a, uh, of the, of the, uh, the telethon, and our, our trainer would not let us do anything. You know, without actually warming up first of all. So we had to go for a run. That was knackering in itself. Just doing a run. He said, just go for a run. And then you get to the end. He goes, and one more. By the end, you're ready to kill. You're ready to kill the trainers. Uh, and then he said, right, now we're going to do the uh, the rowing machine. And then we've done that. Now we can do some stretchings. At the end of it, admittedly, I did feel better, but I was exhausted. It's very good for you. Oh, it's, it's very, just very good. So you've got to be very, very careful. And also, they do those uh, warm-ups, and then you warm down. There's the opposite exercises. You yeah. do the same exercises in reverse. I like the bit, standing in the shower with nothing on, holding on to the shower head. <laughs> That's the bit I like. That was my favourite bit. <laughs> You're so lazy. Out of all of it, because really I was are. standing next to Duncan So she was, going, <laughs> she was going to all of those things, un- unassisted, well, without somebody actually teaching her first what they all do. Well, she said, I'm not cancelling my gym membership. Um, She's it- obviously addicted to the adrenaline of going to the gym. <laughs> Well, yes, you do get addicted to going yeah. to it. I've yes. got a friend of mine, uh, Claire, yeah. and she is addicted to, to training every single day, so much so that she goes to the gym and she's got a gym at home. Yeah. And she's doing it constantly. She I'm addicted to Marks and Spencer's chicken kebabs. Sticking chicken kebabs. It's the same kind of effect. Actually, Waitrose do a lovely uh, Thai green chicken curry, oh. which you would really, I really I can't realize. eat that. I'll tell you for why. why. I can only eat dry curries. Because it's the sauces that I, contain all the bad bits. Well, chicken, chicken tikka masala. That's well, I can dry. have mas- I can have the masala. I can, no, I can just have the chicken tikka without the masala bit. So you can't have lamb rogan josh. No, I mean I have had this stuff, but it does it does affect me quite quickly, and I can't have it in Indian restaurants because they cook everything in ghee. Do you, oh yes, that's too strong. And that I nearly passed out. Well, ghee is only melted butter. Well, exactly. And then left. Yeah. Apparently, it's much healthier for you than normal butter. I don't think so. <laughs> Look at apparently me. Apparently so. Look at me. Years of eating curries. Actually, apparently people are not eating curries now, according to the papers. People are like people are cutting back and they're going for traditional roast, which is strange because that's what Barbara and I had in the uh, in the Ivy with Scott the other day and Jonathan. Yeah, good. I had a roast. A roast. Would you have roast beef? Yeah. Mm, lovely. Close to what? Well, you can have roast pork. Roast oh, lamb. right. No, I don't like pork. Roast chicken? I don't do pork. You don't do pork? You can have roast no, duck? I don't do chi- Oh, no. No, no. Don't no. I don't do duck. I don't do, I don't do, do chicken. You don't do chicken. I don't. I like. I, I want to make sure because there's so much cheap chicken. It, it worries me that there's so much crap chicken out there. Well, when there. you buy it, I you want make to be, sure it's British. Yes, but I want to sit because even though I mean, Marks and Spencer have got their made-up name, Oakham. Yes, but they only do that in their full-size chickens because it doesn't say Oakham chicken on all their other bits. So I don't want to eat that. So I don't eat it. You can buy an Oakham chicken breast. But yeah, I want not to do with it. What then? Carve it. 
Yeah, you well, how do you do that? How does that happen? <laughs> well, you've got because you've only got a halogen oven, so you've got to think about that. My parents used to have an electric carving knife. My God, you could go berserk with yeah, that. You don't need that for a breast. I used to take dolls' heads off. Everything. <laughs> My action man was the only one decapitated in He's early a Barbie, age. Barbie, really. He's just pretending it's an action man. He <laughs> was actually a Barbie. If you take the chicken breast, yeah. a little bit of olive olive oil mm. into a little dish, mm. okay? Mm. Salt and pepper, mm. and then put it under your halogen oven, mm. not too high. I don't know if that has a temperature gauge, does yes, it? Yes, yes, yes. So not too high, and about 20 minutes max, and then and turn it, and it will cook right the way through, and then take it off, put it onto a chopping board, and then slice it into pieces, put it on the plate with some roast potatoes and vegetables, and a little bit of gravy, and you've got a chicken dinner. Yeah, it's not happening, OK? <laughs> why not? You know uh, Because why? it just isn't. Because it sounds like too much hard work. Well, it does. I mean, already I'm thinking the halogen <laughs> oven's going to need cleaning <laughs> afterwards. It's very, very messy. Well, why don't you just get a proper oven? Well, I've got a proper oven, but I d- to be honest it's with you... Work. It doesn't work, it is true. Well, well then you haven't got proper oven, have you? But, uh, but the trouble is, I don't... I've got a jacket, but it doesn't fit. Yeah, but I don't cook anything in a proper oven, because if I need something like that, I'd go out and eat it. Why would I cook a whole chicken? What's the point? Because you wouldn't need to cook a whole Me chicken. Me and the cat and Teddy, you know, you it's can... just not going to happen. You and it? Barbie could sit down and split a, a chicken oh, breast. No, I can't you could do, do two I've chicken I've bought a cooked chicken from a shop before, but it's not happening. Well, why Absolutely don't you not. do... It's so easy. And it's so practical. But it's a waste of time. Well, it's not a waste of time because you don't have to keep going out to restaurants. No, of course you do. You're Simon Cowell. Well, that's how it works. What, that you keep going out to restaurants? You could always have restaurants deliver, I Hugh suppose. Broom says, if you'd like to commission some chickens, I can grow some for you. There you go. And then you could Do you have a right freezer? Is the Pope Catholic? Of course I've got a freezer. Actually, I'm just about to change... I don't have DVDs in my freezer. Yeah, in the old one, that was different. You did put DVDs in the freezer. Yeah, you start as well. <laughs> so anyway, so I'm, I'm about to change the freezer. Really not all there. So I'm going I'm to change it. Uh, upstairs, what? downstairs would look dated, Steve. It was set in the 1900s. No, the reason it looked dated is because there was no decoration in the house. They hadn't decorated the set. They'd, they'd, the hallway was bare, whereas, in fact, it wouldn't have been 100 years ago. And um, I went to a Sally Morgan show because my mum wanted to go. Load of rubbish, says Sue on the M25. Strange how everybody she spoke to was sat at the end of the row. That's probably easier to get to somebody, isn't it? You can't do somebody in the middle. I tend to do that. I tend to look along a row and then you do... you know, if you're going to use somebody at the end of the row because it's much easier. Tom of Morden said, I once had an old camera projector that had a bulb in it when you projected the film. Well, you had to. You wouldn't have seen it otherwise, would you? That's how it works. It's light. You know, flickering. Mm. Oh, I have to explain everything to people in Morden today. And surprisingly, the armed burglar... You remember Raymond Jacob, who went round with a knife into that businessman's house? Uh, according to his family, he was, he was trying to give up crime. Obviously not succeeding very well, I think, because he's dead now. He forced his way into Vincent Cook's home. And uh, courier firm boss Vincent Cook is now on police bail after admitting stabbing Jacob with a kitchen knife. His, mind you, his door was smashed down. He's confronted by somebody who puts a knife to his throat. What are we supposed to do? So let tow rags like this get away with it? No. In a statement released by the police, Jacob's family paid tribute to him. <laughs> do me a favour. We would like to express our distress at what has happened. Ray has had a drug problem in the past. However, he's been clean for drugs for many years and remained out of prison. He'd been hoping in recent weeks to get a full-time job. He was caring. He was so caring, he went to this bloke's house with a knife. I mean, quite clearly, it wasn't <clears throat> working, was it? You know, Amy Winehouse has come off drugs. Unfortunately, she's on drink, which doesn't help. It's a, it's a similar kind of thing. You know, it's great to say things after somebody's not here. But at the time, if you were confronted by somebody, the last thing you'd be thinking about is, oh, he's caring, isn't he? He's trying to come off drugs. I wouldn't be thinking about that at all, I'm afraid. I'd be thinking about, I've got to try and protect myself. If you ever get round to interviewing Tom Hardy, mm. he'll tell you about his trials and tribulations through his life because he had a serious problem with drinking drugs. And now he's turned out really, really They've well. They've all done it. Everybody's, yeah. everybody's had a... I must be the only one who doesn't <clears throat> have a problem with it. What, I spill not... a lot. <laughs> I spill a lot, but it's, it's never shake. actually a problem. 
Uh, Phil was listening to the podcast. We were talking about annuals. I've got all the Fred Bassett, uh, Fred Bassett annuals from number one. I've also got Fred Bassett's soap, jigsaws, playing cards, calendars. He said, just about everything I can find relating to Fred Bassett. You're not well, are you? You really aren't well at all. Mind you, comes from Queensland in Australia. He said, uh, still looking for items to this day. You're quite mad, aren't you? Quite barking mad. It must be more difficult to get them in Queensland and Australia than it would in sort of no, Dagenham. just go to the internet. Yes, I know. You've still got to buy them. I bet and if have you them type in, over. you know, Fred Bassett on the internet, there'd be tons of stuff. Tons and tons, tons of stuff. Of... I never liked Fred. Was he the one who had a... It was <laughs> into the doghouse at the end. It was always a... Uh, yeah, never liked that one at all. The Bassett oh, House. Snoopy, was it? What did Fred Bassett? Oh, the Bassett, Bassett House. House. Never liked him either, I'm afraid. Like any of them. Uh, right. Oh, I forgot to mention to you. I, I'll mention it now, actually, because on Monday the 3rd of October, I think it's this coming Monday, the Daily Mirror's Pride of Britain Awards are taking place at the Grosvenor House Hotel. You and a friend could be walking the red carpet for this star-studded event. Pride of Britain celebrates Britain's unsung heroes and honours some of the most deserving people in the country. For your chance to attend this incredible evening, go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk, lbc.co.uk, for details of how you could be walking up the red carpet, which is lovely, isn't it? I love the idea of that, so uh, good luck. Uh, still to come, more from the, uh, the newspapers this morning. Um, uh, Sienna Miller, How I Fought My Tabloid Tormentors and Won. This is against hacking. It's going on, isn't it, this hacking? It's just phenomenal. And uh, Prada have got a new look. Front page of the uh, Express today. Food prices slashed by 30%. The supermarkets are going... Which is great news for us, as far as I'm concerned. But I do reckon if they slash prices, as long as the quality remains the same, we're OK. Kate Winslet... Oh, I'm so grateful. (laughs) I'm so... Oh, shut up. (laughs) Has uh, now got um, a new boyfriend. So that's good. Found new love on the island of Necker. That was the place that just burnt down recently. Kind of draws you together, doesn't it? There's a fire, and you kind of fall in love with people. But that's great. It's just the gushy speeches, I'm afraid, which drive everybody mad. And uh, Nick Ferrari's team are with you after the news at seven. News at six is next. On FM, online and digital radio. Gosh. Friday, payday, LBC 97.3, and I'm having lunch with Paul Cooper later in The Three Kings. I'm sure it's not payday for me. It's, uh, well, it's it's Friday. My my driver this morning says he gets paid weekly, so they get paid on the... on the Friday, yeah, and it's the last Friday in the month for us. Believe it or not, it doesn't seem like last Friday being the twenty third because ne- next Friday must be the first of October or something. It's only just slipped in, Gosh. isn't it? Are you sure we get paid today? It seems a little bit early now, but uh, but we do. Amanda's very keen yeah, it's on the twenty third of September today. Yeah. Frightening, but we actually get paid on the on the twenty fifth, so it's the Friday before the twenty fifth, yeah. which of course is Sunday, so we can't do it. Uh, Years and years ago, there was a lady called Viv Nicholson. Viv Nicholson is in the papers again today. She's 75. Now, the reason that Viv Nicholson hit the papers uh, was because she won the pools. And she picked up the staggering sum in 1961 of £152,319. And that was a, an absolute fortune, the equivalent today of about £3 million. And she said at the time to the press, she came up, she was working in a licorice factory and uh, they say so worth about five million in today's money mm. and she came up to london and she was presented with a check by bruce forsyth who wrote out good game good game good game there's a check for you lovely and they'd never been in a hotel she was a working class girl and she said to the press then i'm gonna spend 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 and she did she did he uh, she and keith a minor 
came to London, collected this giant cheque. They went to Harrods. She bought an 80-guinea gold watch. That was her first spend. Uh, the trouble started as soon as they returned to their home in Castleford in West Yorkshire. They got hate letters. They were inundated with begging letters, some threatening violence if they didn't uh, pay them. Uh, she said, when we first won the money, all we did was drink. I'd never tasted whiskey or champagne. She bought two houses, four cars and more clothes she ever thought possible. Uh, they moved from their rented terrace home to an upmarket property 12 miles away where their new neighbours recoiled in horror at her pink Cadillac parked on the drive and nobody talked to them. With heavy spending and bad investments, the cash had all but disappeared by 65 when alcoholic Keith died in a car crash. Um, she said, uh, you know, after that she was declared bankrupt. Uh, she then uh, sort of started trying to make a comeback. So she started going around nightclubs singing Big Spender. She opened a fashion boutique, which later burnt down. She married a further three times, but each time it ended in divorce. Now 75... Oh, and then, of course, there was a musical called Spend, Spend, Spend mm. with Barbara Dixon. That made her money. She spent all of that as well. She cannot stop spending. She's, uh, you know, she's an interesting story, but she's a bit stupid. She's wasted all this money. People do it. She says, uh, you know, would I do it all again today? Yeah. Well, if she, won, if she won that much money, she'd do exactly the same. She said money is for spending. So now she's got no regrets. She's in a care home oh. at 75. She's penniless. She's got three children. What worries me is why, why is she not with, with the children? Why have the children not offered to put her up? It's an interesting story. The book came out and I interviewed her a long time ago. And she's just a simple person mm. who happened to win... £152,000. Yeah, no, musical yeah. was on at the Piccadilly Theatre. And also, there was a television programme on it, wasn't there? Follow it with her life thing, with the yes. Cadillac called Spend, 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 which yes. has also been her slogan. The thing about that is, is that <clears throat> some people, given that amount of money, which they're not used to, mm. the average person gets paid like you do on a Friday and then looks after their money, they've got X amount for a week and they have to budget and, sp and go into the next week and wait for the next... Pay paycheck. Mm. If suddenly somebody who has lived like that suddenly has an incredible amount of money, like the people that win these enormous yeah. amounts on the lottery. You have to be very good, but they million. offer advice. I read a very good book on winning the lottery, <laughs> and 90% of people who win it don't want advice. No, you know Camelot well. offer the advice. They offer the banking expertise. These people just want to get it and spend it as quick as possible. Yeah, but do you know why they don't want advice? Because what happens is people don't trust anybody. There's an immediate thing was. Now, why do all these people want to help me? They just want a bit of my money. They're going to rip well, me off. Well, yeah, well, I mean, well, then you keep it element. in a tin under the bed, you know, if, if, you're, that, if you're that desperate for That'd it. It's quite a big tin if it was 126 million. Well, that is true, but you're right. Some, all they want to do, they want to go out and buy the big house. They don't think, you know, if you're not used to having a big house or you're not used to having any money, there's, you know, you have to make it work for you. Admittedly, if you win 140 million or 160 million or even 26 million. You, you give know, some away. You give a lot away. Well, some people wouldn't. No, but what some you people do? Sit would. Sit there with it. Well, some people do, because but they sit down. They, Camelot say, "Don't do anything for a year. Hmm. Do not do anything. Sit down and decide. You know, you've, you've you've got some money. You can go on holiday. You can do whatever. You might want to stop work. I've known no end of lottery winners who've gone back to work because they're bored at sitting at home because they've got nothing to do. Because if you if you've got a job, you've got a purpose. These people have got all the money. And no purpose. No, but they, you know, there's so many things you could do, and that's when you yes. do need help about setting up trust funds and, and sort of charitable things. You come things. from a council estate and you've won 140 million. You're not going to worry about a trust fund. No, you're not, actually. You're no. not going to think about you that. You won't even know what it is. Cars. You want loads of flash cars, yeah. you know, and it's going to cost 12000 to insure. <clears> Who cares? <laughs> you're going to go on luxury holidays, but, you know, it, it, it is a bit like the Larkins, I suppose, or keeping up with the Joneses. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a strange thing, really. Everybody goes, I could cope with it. If, if I won the lottery, 
or if you won the lottery, or probably, you know, to a certain extent, you know, other people in this building, we could cope with it. It wouldn't make any difference, really. No, I'd carry on living where I am. I like where I live. Yeah. I don't want to move into a big house. Well, I don't want you winning the lottery, then. I want you to give the money back. Well, uh, well because it's a waste. But I people. I told you. Yes. I've always wanted to go somewhere like Africa and teach English, or, or go into a school in, for, for people there, and, uh-huh. and do that. I'd probably do something more charitable. Yes. I'd still like You'd, to go to work every oh, if, day. If you won 140 million, I would definitely be opening up a, the Steve Allen Foundation. What? Selling fish and chips. Well, I don't know what I'd do, actually. I would, to be honest with you, I'd quite like a business. I quite fancy the idea of a fish and chip shop. I don't know why you don't do it, then. Yes, I don't, well, I don't know. Maybe you Mainly will. because somebody said to me, was it Amanda? Did you, did you work in a fish and chip shop, Poppet? Did, yeah, she did. Hmm. Because, and she said, you never, and I've heard it before from other people, you never get rid of the smell of fish and chips. It permeates your skin. It's that, f- it's that oil thing. You know, you practically yeah. come out glowing. So you've got to, you know, you've got to go home and have the bath and wash your hair because all you smell of is, is batter. And also, the, I had a, a girlfriend of mine, actually. She went out with a guy for about six months and he used to work in a wet fish shop. Oh my God. <laughs> we have a wet fish shop in Twickenham. We <laughs> have got one in We have Saudis. Yeah. But. There is that smell. Is it is there? very, very difficult to get rid of it. And, you know, you have to bathe at night and literally sort of soak yourself in bubbles and things mm. like that. There you go, Stuart. That's... Imagine bathing in bubbles. <laughs> one, can, one can only have a guess. Joe Malone bubbles. Actually, I'm, at the moment, I, I've got lots of... Oh, we've got to take a break. But I've got lots of bubble stuff in the bathroom. I only discovered the other day. I went into, obviously, uh, this organic shop and it does all the... Who's who are the people who do the uh, body shop? Grapefruit. Oh, yes. That's quite nice. And then I bought strawberry, mandarin. <laughs> I bought everything, actually. Cool. So this morning, I smell of strawberries. <laughs> You'd never know that, would you, if you're listening in stereo? Not a clue. Quarter past six. With the headlines, Jim Diamond. After £64 billion pounds was wiped off the value of the UK's biggest companies yesterday. 7.3. Morning, everybody. 6.20 is the time. Steve Allen's early breakfast. John Warrington's here. You were on the right track, says Stephen Croydon. Davros was the name of the chief Dalek. Bottom half Dalek with a man's head. Real pretty boy. Yes, I mean, it, it was... I remember when they opened a Dalek once, I'm sure, and there was this sort of gungy stuff inside, which looked a bit like... Because uh, Christo had never heard of Potty Putty. He'd never heard of Potty Putty. And I, I don't thought, think I have. Oh, right. What's that? It was... It's sort of brown putty, roughly the sort of colour of your hands, if you're sort of white like me, and you could mould it into shapes, and mm-hmm. you could stretch it, and it was, it was just like a bit of putty, and then to keep it, you put it back in its, its little holder, and it kept it moist, and then you could take it out, and you could sort of do it on a piece of paper, and it would sort of print the things off, or you could sort of, I don't know what it was, actually, it was rubbish. It sounds It was rubbish. a bit like, do you remember Gunk came out years yep. ago, and you go, oh, it's all messy, and all the kids played with Gunk. Potty Putty was a bit like that, but I can't. To be honest with you, somebody will have to tell me. Um, remember what the Blumenecket was for? Pot- What's it called again? Potty Putty. Potty Putty. It was very famous. It came a little thing with Potty Putty. We used to have a thing in Hong Kong. I've never seen it since. And it was a l- and I only had a small bit, but I wanted to find some more. And it was a pink, looked like a little rock. Mm. Like, like, like a little, like that sort of rock candy kind of thing. Little pink bit where you scraped it along the ground, you've got sparks coming out. Oh, yes, I've seen that. And I've got balls at home that when you bang them together, you get sparks because it's made of all that stuff that's in the caps. Yes. In the cap like guns. Tonight. And, and you like squeeze kryptonite. these balls together and you get this cracking noise. And I think hmm. they're called bang balls. I think so. Anyway, as the, uh, as the Brits have turned their back, according to the papers today, on curries in favour of a more traditional roast, I would love to know which foods you think should come back into fashion. You know, things like, we were sort of reminiscing, actually. When, if you ever had a dinner party at home, my mum would... <laughs> 
she'd do a prawn cocktail with the prawns in a wine glass with shredded lettuce. And if you were very posh, a bit of what was sprinkled over the top? Paprika. Paprika. Mm. And there would always be a little sliver of brown bread. It had to be brown bread. You couldn't put white bread with a prawn cocktail for some reason. I don't know why. Brown bread was posh. Brown, oh, brown bread was very posh. And it was always buttered for you. Oh, yeah, you she didn't, didn't need to, to butter it. Such. No, no, no. My mother used to have a butter curler. And next door, Amanda's mum used to have a melon baller. My mum did melon balls as well, whereas, in fact, you could go to Iceland, only for dinner parties, posh, to do melon balls. Mm. And, and then if you had grapefruit, my mother would do it. She had a special knife that cut the grapefruit out, so you didn't need to go and drench yourself. And then she'd put some brown sugar on the top, stick it under the grill, come out, and then she'd stick a cherry, half a cherry in the middle, but half she, a glass of cherry. Did she leave the grapefruit in the, in the, in the shell? Yes. In the skin, yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yes. You but it was cut. It. A proper grapefruit yeah, proper. cutting knife. Yeah. and it was sliced, and yes. you just put your spoon, and you used to have a special um, spoon, which was yes, jagged at one end yes. for your grapefruit. But do you remember, as well, you used to go out to restaurants, and they go, uh, for a starter, an orange juice. An orange juice could be a starter. Yes. They'd bring you a little orange juice, and you'd look, it would sit there. We thought it was quite normal. Quite normal to have an orange juice for a start. You go, I don't know, pro- the other things we used to have, all I can remember is soup. As and a starter. Go, what is the soup? And they go, oxo. And go, oh, I don't think so. Let's have an orange juice, please. Or tomato soup was always a very, yes, very Yes, but it was always, choice. it was always powdered. And then we went to minestrone. Yes, minestrone was quite, I mean, see, I used to like getting the bread roll and dunking it in the minestrone soup. Lovely. I could do that now. What's the curry one? That's curry soup that you have. Curry soup? There's a soup which, which has got a curry flavour. Looks like a minestrone. It's got bits in it and everything. Oh. Steve, Steve at Belmont's Bakery in Twickenham, they do six rolls for a pound. And when I was eating bread, which, to be honest with you, it's now making me feel very hungry, <laughs> I used to go and buy six rolls. I, I could eat four of them <laughs> before I got home. Rolls are very easy to oh, eat. They're, they're, they're crusty rolls. Crust- and you're starving. Yeah, I, I don't do soft out. rolls. Ooh. I do crusty rolls. And, I like soft. Uh, sorry? I like soft rolls. I don't do soft. I do crusty. So you end up with bits everywhere. So you exactly. end up hoovering the kitchen. But I don't mind that, because you could put all different things in there. So, Steve at Belmont's for those rolls. And I must go today, actually. I've completely forgotten. I'm nearly running out of medicine. Got to go back and see Mr Shah at Goods. Get that sorted out. Well, uh, when I was in Bermuda last oh, week, um, they did a, a very... We went to... It's quite expensive there, by the way, because everyone's a millionaire. Yeah. It is a stunning, stunning place in the middle of nowhere. We went out for dinner. Wine was about $45 a bottle. It's about £32. That's not too bad, is it? Well, it's not if you're as rich as you, but when you're on a budget, it's quite <laughs> a lot of money, actually. Well, I'm just thinking, in a restaurant, it's quite normal to spend that on a wine. I mean, I, would, I wouldn't. You wouldn't spend that much money on a bottle of wine, would you? No, not really, no. I'm anyway. a bit funny about spending money on wine. I mean, I, I can go to Costco and get it, or, you know, Bottoms Up, or any of the supermarkets, and I'll, I'll spend oh, yes, here. Up, up to a tenner on a bottle of wine. We but have not... great deals here on wine, yeah. but it's, it was, I thought it was quite expensive anyway. Mm. Anyway, they, I... We went to this, on the first night, we went to a restaurant called Harry's, which we'd been recommended to. So it was very, very nice. We went in there. It was all a bit fusion. You know that fusion style? Very, very smart restaurant. And we went in, and I had a prawn cocktail. And I thought it was going to come in a great big glass thing with prawns and Thousand Island dressing and all the usual stuff. No. No. First of all, it was $28. Should have given you an idea then. (laughs) It was a big bowl full of ice. Yeah. With a tiny little little glass dish in it, about half an inch high yeah. and about three inches across, with a red sauce and four prawns. Yeah. That was it. That's fusion. I was starving. I Thank know. God I had a main course The coming. worst thing is, you go out to some of these restaurants, it was Nouvelle Cuisine years ago, mm. where they would, uh, were they, oh, uh, what's so like to eat? Um, I'm going to go for the lamb. Uh, you expect a plate, you know, I like to see a plate full. And it would turn up, you get... 
It, I think my one's died of malnutrition. <laughs> is, is it eaten anything? And you'd get, like, two little slices of lamb on mm. there with a little squiggling of some sauce, and they thought this was supposed to impress me. It didn't impress me at all. And they always do that great pattern with all the sauce on your dessert, yeah. don't and then, they? And then they run a knife through it, so it makes it look pretty... Well, it's, it's rubbish. <laughs> Just give me the squirty is... bottle of the sauce, I'll do it. And tiramisu comes on a plate the size of a small house. Yes. And it's, uh, it looks... Tiramisu? Do you mean tiramisu? Tiramisu. Yeah. Tiramisu. And then they always dust tiramisu. it with cocoa powder. So we shake cocoa yeah, powder at like the top. It's Cabbage drinking chocolate, Yes, really. it does, it is. Uh, Deborah wishes Basil and Council all the luck in the world today. Hope that the police and emergency services have a peaceful eviction at Dale Farm. We've got to wait for the result of the court case. We don't know where, where this is going at the moment. It sounds it's certainly costing enough money. Uh, then I would like all the activists to be identified and sent the bill for the clean-up. Well, the activists are all sitting there waiting for the punch-up with the police. I promise you, that's what they... They aren't there for any other reason. These are very nasty people. You saw some of them who were breaking into shops during the uh, the riots. But I do want to know which food, as we've now turned our back on curry, I find that difficult to believe, uh, in favour of a traditional roast. Apparently we still like fish and chips. And uh, lasagna as well. Ugh, how boring. I like lasagna. Dull. It's a dull food, isn't it? What are we having? Having lasagna. Oh, God. Very fattening. What, lasagna? Layers of pasta. Oh, good Lord. Bechamel sauce and layers of pasta. Yes, Couldn't it is be very worse. Fattening. I do make a nice kind of a tuna bolognese. Oh, I hate tuna. I know you do. But I it is actually really nice. It. And it's cheap. If you can't... If you know, you're on a bit of a budget... I've but you have to yeah. use a tin of plum tomatoes. Uh, oh, I, you know, I don't mind tomato sauce. I like, I like, um, what's it, tomatoes? Del Monte? Shedded. Shredded. Oh, you mean, uh, crushed? With garlic and herbs No, no, tin. no, just they come in a tin. You open it out and you, you strain it. You yeah. could have it on toast. <laughs> tin tomatoes on toast oh, was very popular. lovely. You don't see that tomatoes. nowadays, do you? I love tin tomatoes. Then they brought out, uh, home fried cooking sauces and my whole life changed. <laughs> uh, Gary, Good morning. And he says, got another run this Sunday. I'm doing a half marathon at Windsor for shooting stars. Going to be a bit tougher, as I only normally do 10 kilometres. So he's doing half a marathon. Looking forward to the show. Yes, me too. Me too. Uh, Gordon uh, says, can you uh, wish a big well done to Caroline, who completed a difficult section of the southwest coast path in Devon. First big walk since her spinal fusion operation. We were also walking with Claire Balding. There you, go. there you go. I love Claire Balding. Love Claire Balding. And we love Caroline. I think she's, yeah, she's fab, actually. Uh, another one here from, uh, this is, uh, oh, yes, so I can't read that one. <laughs> it's very funny, but it's not, uh, it's not, it's not done. Uh, the 23rd, oh, good Lord, I've been invited to the, to the Lady uh, Rattlings. Again. Th- this is Sunday, the 23rd of October. Do you know, I've got a horrible feeling that the 23rd of October, I think I'm doing. What could you be I've got in the back doing? of my... I'll let you know about that one, Avril. I can't remember what I'm doing. It just, um... I'm, just... Yes, I'm, I can't remember. I'm sure that something was happening. I've got it in the back of my mind. The curry flavour soup is called mulligatawny. That's it, mulligatawny. I don't like it, actually, but... That's curry flavour, is it? Yeah, it's got oh, curry flavour. Hint of curry. And Jean says mulligatawny. Mulligatawny. Uh, Steve, uh, I thought I... Uh, sorry, uh, Tommy Morden, so they listen as much as I can. Great show. Do you remember the cedar tree in the Sullivan, says Alan in Stanmore? Yes. Uh, toad in the hole. Oh, yummy. Toad in the hole. Ooh. All that was was sausages with batter. Yeah. I don't know why it was called toad in the hole. Didn't look anything like a toad. <laughs> because sausages are called toads, so they look like frogs. And they're they? hit in a hole. Sausages look like toads. And you cover, only half cover mm. them up, so their heads are sticking out. It's Yorkshire pudding, really. It's sausages in Yorkshire pudding, isn't it? Yeah, batter. Yeah. You just put it in there and then... I love right. Yorkshire pudding. Oh, I love Yorkshire. We had one Beautiful. the other day. Very nice indeed, actually. Uh, do you remember the drink Tizer? Mm, favourite. Of course. My favourite, though, was in the early days, you used to get the Corona Man coming round. And the Corona Man 
did all the different flavours of Corona. It's a bit like Thais, a Corona. And we used to go for... They used to do um, ice cream soda or cream soda. Mm. And you put a blob of ice cream in it. And that was quite nice as well. And they did raspberry and all these other things. All good, all good stuff. So, what do you want to see brought back into fashion? Trifle? Blamange? 84850? LBC 973 973 973 It is LBC 97.3 Time now 6:30 No bother Tell them where to go The UK's favorite specialist car buyer Great Britain only transaction fee from 49.99 may apply LBC 97.3 Morning, everybody. 25 minutes to 7 is the time. Nick Ferrari, after the news at 7. The EU civil servants are complaining about new money-saving measures that will see them work an additional two and a half hours a week. You can join Nick Ferrari as he discusses whether, in a time of economic hardship, this is an appropriate battle to be fighting, especially as that'll bring them to a full 40-hour working week, similar to most of us. The FTSE saw its biggest fall for three years... Nick will be speaking with two experts about whether we're heading for another financial slump, and he'll bring you the latest regarding Dale Farm live from the High Court. All of that in a full review of the newspapers with uh, John Nicholl. He'll be in. They're going to be talking to uh, David Seymour, looking at the pros and cons of uh, unions. Uh, plus, it's going to be the FTSE and the Dale Farm update. Declan Harvey will be live outside the High Court for today. And uh, very quickly, this is for, uh, for Glenn... He says, I'm marrying Caroline and can't wait for it to be my wife, as I introduced you to her last year. Doesn't sound like a promising start, does it, really? He said, because there are three in our marriage. Oh, my God. You, you I'm as well. Be, I'm going to be cited again. You I have just been tell. accused several times of being the third person I have, yes. I had a lot from Princess Diana. A yes, lot. Yes, a lot. And you were her rock. Kind I of. was her rock. Rock uh, of ages. Bread and dripping. Ooh, not, oh. Steve. I don't know why people ever had bread and... I cannot imagine. If ever you saw dripping, why you'd ever want to put that into your mouth? I can't imagine. You put over a bit of roast beef. Mm. Oh, Lovely, oh, yes. Yeah. Semolina with a dab of jam in oh. the middle. Oh, semolina. No, I hate you. it. Semolina, we hated it at school. No. We used to squeeze jam into it and then make patterns and leave it. Oh. Thinking don't do wet food. Yeah. Sticky toffee pudding, says Caroline. Oh, that's nice. I had that, actually, at... Um, yeah, I think Giles' wedding. Hmm. That's never it's really gone wedding. out of fashion, though. That, that's been going on Well, forever. I'd never had it before. Hadn't you? I'd forgotten how nice... It was, well, I've not forgotten, because I'd never had it. It was absolutely delicious. Marks and Spencer's do loads of... They've always got sticky toffee puddings. Really? Mm. I've never bought it, it just looks too, too calorific. Oh, they are very calorific. Yeah. Sausages. Says, Lynn, I was thinking what to do with them. Now I've decided on sausage toad with onion gravy and mash. Ooh. Oh, that's quite nice, isn't Ooh, it? Oh, we're on our way round. Sausage toad. I love sausages. John wants to see the return of the curly whirly. It's the original size. What, ten foot long? <laughs> it was a foot long. A foot long. <laughs> it was the a size foot. Of a ruler. Yes, it was, it, was, it was a foot of... And took about a week to eat. Toffee. I miss slush puppies. Oh, you can't move in the market for slush puppies. They're all over. The... In fact, that was the thing. Summer this year at, uh, at the market down in... Um, uh, Epping, uh, the big... Uh, I can't remember the name of the places down there now. Uh, but the slush puppy everywhere. And what people do is they put different colours all in the same thing. It's like a pound yeah. uh, for different sizes. You go pound up to two pound. And people put different colours in it. It's just... It's frozen little ice things. It's crushed ice, isn't it? Yes, but it's, it's little... It's got colouring Little... I don't know what you call them. Like little pearls mm. of ice. It's a special thing you put in there. And I like you jubblies. They were, they were always different Yes, jubblies were Blue good. Blue ones, red ones, green jubblies, and yeah. you cut the top, didn't you? And then you, you suck them. It was lovely. Thank you, John, for that. Um, fried sausages, onion and creamy mash with gravy. You see, uh, Mandy says that one, and everybody likes, for some reason, sausages and mash and gravy. Sausages. You can get it in the ivy. 
Comfort food. All, all, all these posh restaurants do yeah. comfort food. Absolutely. Get it anywhere in the world. I like corned beef hash. Corned beef hash. Well, I don't like corned beef hash. Repeats on me. Oh. As what? It just repeats on me afterwards. Oh, right. Just repeats. So, trifle and blancmange. Nobody does blancmange nowadays. You know what? It's too fiddly to do. Whereas we used to have blancmange. I used to love blancmange. It wobbles. Jellies wobble. Blancmange actually wobbles. wobbles My mother had all the different moulds for it, and it was it was actually yeah. quite nice. It's a Whether, rabbit mould. Yeah. Weather, weather predictions in the paper today. Uh, is it going to be a long, cold winter? We love looking at it. We just don't want to be in it, do we? Jonathan Dimbleby suggested that drug use should be legalised. He admitted the other day that he had taken cocaine. Right. He didn't like it. And he tried uh, cannabis. OK. And he wasn't wild about that one either. But he said it should all be legalised. So what they've done is they've actually printed pictures of people. It was a, an American drug campaign mm. to show you what these people looked like before they took drugs and then 18 months later how drugs had affected them, how they looked gaunt and, you know, really quite... I mean, some of them, one of them in three months he'd gone for everything. These are people who had tried crystal meth and stuff like that. Yeah, serious drugs. Serious drugs. And also there was always that slogan, wasn't there? Drugs, the effects last forever. Yes. And it does affect you forever because it can cause depression and all kinds of things, even after even oh, if you've tried them for a 20 short years period on. of time. 20 years 20 on. 20 years on, you can still have the effects. There's a mother here, and she's criticised the ambulance service because they didn't take her five-year-old daughter to hospital with a broken leg. She phoned up to say she'd broken her leg, and they said, well, just bring her in. Mm. Uh, she'd fractured her right leg after a fall in the playground. The school's receptionist called 999, and the ambulance staff, quite rightly, ask a series of questions to determine whether or not an ambulance is for you. The mother, Michelle Poole, and uh, her father, Brent Reynolds, um, had to sort of wheel away a sobbing Elise across the playground in an office swivel chair to her mother's waiting car. Right. Because that's what you do. And the ambulance people says um, they, they asked all the right questions. And she didn't answer the questions, you know, so that she warranted an ambulance. The head teacher, Carol Brammer, who said Elise was in considerable pain, has written a letter of complaint. But a spokesman for the service said at no point did the caller alert the ambulance service that the child had heard a crack when she fell. There was no indication that the nature of the injury sustained by the child was in any way serious. The call handler was told there was no swelling and no deformity to the leg. The initial assessment showed the child needed to have the injury assessed at the hospital, but it was not serious enough to be classed as an emergency. And that's what it is. It's an emergency. Just breaking your leg, you know, you take them... Well, you well, actually take them to, to hospital. Yes, but if you've got bones sticking out of your leg... Yeah, you, but she hadn't. She hadn't. But they make a big thing about this, and you think, for goodness sake, it's just, uh, it's just and so And they're very annoying. careful. If you if you do phone for an ambulance, or anything, or police, yeah. or they, the, they ask all the right they're questions They're not going to waste first. an ambulance coming out of you. Of course not. They're going out to you while somebody's dying. Okay. Need you desperately. Uh, as we gear up for the London Olympics next year, LBC 97.3 has learnt that the 2016 Olympic organisers are in talks with London officials to see what improvements can be made to the Games ticketing system. The delegation are on a tour to the UK to see what lessons can be learned from 2012's committee. The Brazilian officials gave their only interview of the trip to LBC 97.3's Declan Harvey. They are to Rio de Janeiro what Seb Coe and Boris Johnson are to London and the number one piece of inspiration they're taking from the 2012 Games is legacy. I think we have to follow London in the professionalism, a wonderful legacy and the mobility, the environment, and sanitation, houses, 
security. That's Governor of Rio, Sergio Cabral. In a meeting with Boris Johnson, he agreed to cough up for a lighting display to decorate Waterloo Bridge during the Games. 2012 organisers have gained international praise for the work they've been doing, but few can dismiss the hundreds of thousands of fans left disappointed after not getting tickets. Carlos Newsman, chair of the 2016 Games, says they're discussing using other ticketing systems. No, it's not decided that we are... We are extending opinions here with the organizing with the log park to do different. I hope that we have the same same demand. The visit comes as organizers of the Notting Hill Carnival are meeting their counterparts from Rio to see what links can be made between them. LBC 97.3's Declan Harvey is going to be down at the High Court later to find out what's going to be happening with uh, with Dale Farm. Northfield Market was the market way. Every market has got slush puppy in now. It's, it's everywhere. Well, I they're mean, easy, aren't they? They just they don't like having those Mr. Whippy yeah. ice creams. They just I often wonder, though, you know, you go to the market, you see all the food stalls there, and some of them look a bit ropey, and they've got piles of sausages and burgers, mm. and you come to the end of the day. Do you think they take them home and reheat them again for the next day? No. But we think they throw them out. Yes, they do. All these piles of sausages and everything well, else. they've already been cooked. Yeah, they've been what? cooked. If they once have been cooked, you can't keep them, can you? That's what I ask. I'm just curious yes. to I know whether or not. Some of them just, because them. some of the burgers look, let's say, just a little bit ropey. A little bit ropey. Strangely enough, Dawn went off to um, see Jonathan. She loves watching TV shows being recorded. Mm. She went to see Jonathan Ross. Oh, yeah. And uh, at the info they supplied for the show, it said, for the dress code, feel free to dress to impress and wear bright clothing so you can spot yourself on the telly. It also said, don't wear clothing with brand names on it and avoid dark clothing. She says, for the Jonathan Ross show, they don't show the audience at all. LBC 97.3. Steve Allen. Are you happy with your hair health? Over time, our age and lifestyle can impact the growth of our hair. Vitabiotics Trichologic Tablets, available in formulas for men or women, have been specially designed to maintain healthy hair from within. Trichologic Hair Supplements from Vitabiotics, available from Boots, pharmacies and health stores. As chairman of Galliard Homes, I wish to thank and congratulate... ...are meeting their counterparts from Rio to see what links can be made between them. LBC 97.3's Declan Harvey is going to be down at the High Court later to find out what's going to be happening with, uh, with Dale Farm. Northfield Market was the market way. Every market has got slush puppy in now. It's, it's everywhere. Well, I they're mean, easy, aren't they? They just they don't like having those Mr. Whippy yeah. ice creams. I often wonder, though, things. you know, you go to the market, you see all the food stalls there, and some of them look a bit ropey, and they've got piles of sausages and burgers, mm. and you come to the end of the day, do you think they take them home and reheat them again for the next day? No. But we think they throw them out. Yes, they do. All these piles of sausages and everything well, else. they've already been cooked. Yeah, they've been what? cooked. If they once have been cooked, you can't keep them, can you? That's what I ask. I'm just curious yes, to know whether or not... Some of them just... Because them. some of the burgers look, let's say, just a little bit ropey. A little bit ropey. Strangely enough, Dawn went off to um, see Jonathan... She loves watching TV shows being recorded. Mm. She went to see Jonathan Ross. Oh, yeah. And uh, at the info they supplied for the show, it said, for the dress code, feel free to dress to impress and wear bright clothing... So you can spot yourself on the telly. It also said, don't wear clothing with brand names on it and avoid dark clothing. She says, for the Jonathan Ross show, they don't show the audience at all. LBC 97.3. Steve Allen. Morning, every 10 to 7 is the time. Richard said, in the 50s, my mother used to give me tripe and onions, and I hated it. Funnily enough, many years later in Italy, I was given some. I thought it's not too bad. Was that, was tripe the stuff you saw in the butcher shop window, which looked like rolls of white? It's pig. It's the intestines, isn't yes, it, or something? Yes, the nasty oh. bit of the pig, isn't yuck, it? Yuck, yuck, yuck. I'll tell you what, I, I love I thought it was cow's cabbage. lining from the stomach. I thought it was pig's. Oh, is it? Oh, right, from... I don't know. I like uh, cabbage. I'm very, very into cabbage. Oh, I like cabbage at all, but I, I don't like the dark cabbage. I like the light you cabbage. Like the green. And you don't like greens, then. You like the cabbage, which yeah. is sort of slightly greeny, light green, pale yes. green. Yes. No, see, I like real cabbage. 
do you? Yeah, dark green. Greens. We Somebody came in the other day, I was talking about Bramley apples. Mm. And they're not in the shops yet. It's a bit early for Bramleys. Early, so, yeah, yeah they, they come out next week. And a woman went in to see Paul Cooper. And uh, she said, have you got any Bramleys? He said, no, they've been in a couple of weeks. And she went, oh, right. Do you think they'll be in soon, then? And he went, yeah, they've been in a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and he said it's a little bit too early for them at the moment. But it's, it's a good English apple, that. There's loads of... Amazes me. You go into a shop and you look at all the range of apples that there are. There's tons of them. Hundreds. A whole row in Tesco's. Or any big supermarket. Yeah. Just rows and rows. Yellow ones, green ones. Those dark red ones from America I like. There's a big box of them upstairs in, in the charity section of Global. And I was tempted to take one, but it's got Help a London Child written on it. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind donating, but I just don't know where to donate. It's to Help a London Steve. Absolutely. Uh, Savoury vinegar crisps. A cross between Worcestershire sauce flavour and salt and vinegar, says Jill. They were divine. They stopped making about 35 years ago. Savoury vinegar. I've never heard of that. Oh, I bet that's lovely. Sausage casseroles. See, everybody likes sausage casseroles. Easy to do again. What you do is, yeah, if, or failing that, if you've got a slow cooker, you put them in yep. with some with some taties, a bit of gravy, leave them all day, come back, and then on the way back home, you have fish and chips, you get in, you go, oh, I've done sausage casserole. <laughs> and you must have uh, tomato sauce with it as well. Love tomato sauce. My mum used to do liver and onions. Oh, yes. And I, some people hate it. I used to liver and bacon and onions, but it Still had to good. be crispy. She would do it crispy, liver, around the edge. Oh, it was lovely. You like your liver like that. I've seen you in Joe Allen's. Yes, I, do, I like my liver cremated. In fact, it has to go back sometimes to Joe Allen's. <laughs> I go cremated. But uh, liver and onions, mash and spring greens. Spring greens, you see? Spring greens. greens. Peach melba. What was a peach melba? Was that an upside-down peach? Well, I peach can't... melba came from Australia, didn't it? It was an Australian thing. Like the upside-down cake that you flip upside-down. There's yeah. one... I can't remember. All I remember is... I'm, I'm seeing in the back of my mind... My mum used to do something interesting with uh, meringues. That's a pavlova cake. No, she, no, not, not a cake. She used to get two, two meringues and she'd put cream in the middle with bits yeah. of ch- chopped up uh, pineapple. I don't like meringues. We lived a simple life, let me tell you. And, and you'd eat them and then the whole thing would collapse in your hands. That's it, yeah. They, That's they were meringue. quite nice. That's meringue for like you. Meringue. And it, uh, I don't like meringue. Too sweet. I don't like very sweet Yes, things. I mean, I'm not into it now, but a peach melba, I can't remember. Peach melba sounds very posh. I like it? the thing where you've got a banana and split it sideways. That's lovely. That's called a banana split. Banana split, enough. that's right. Then you put ice cream in the middle and chocolate mm. sauce or something. Normally raspberry ripple ice cream. Or ice cream. You can't get raspberry ripple, can you now? You can't, no. Really? I used to get Neapolitan, and we used to get wafers and put one each side and make a wafer out of it and run your tongue all the way around the outside. But I only like the chocolate on it, not the strawberry. Yeah, I like strawberry. I, I like chocolate too. Mm. Um, Tracy... Says I've just pulled out sticky topping, sti- sticky topping ginger cake. Mm. Trying to make Yorkshire Park in heavenly smells. Oh, the the lovely smell of ginger. I love. It's very ginger. Christmassy smell, ginger, isn't it? Very mm. Christmassy. Oh. Spangles says Rain Bark. Is that trust you to eat spangles for dinner? And uh, and faggots. Oh, I like faggots. I like them. Meatballs. Well, they like meatballs. Meatballs. Yeah, they are like Swedish. I used meatballs. to love that advert on the side of the bus. Things come home to a real faggot tonight. <laughs> I used to think, why not? You know, as you do. Uh, Marks and Spencers used to do sausage rolls with tomato pastry, or it may have been like something like tomato sausage rolls with cheese pastry. Says Graham. I can't quite remember, but they were lovely. Well, they also do the uh, pork pies, which have got uh, Branston pickle inside. Do they do those anymore? I thought they yes, stopped they, those. No, they do. Definitely so do bad those. for you, pork pies. So, I know, so but, bad. You know, if you get the small ones, the melted Mowbray. You put the whole thing in your mouth. Yeah, absolutely lovely. The whole thing in your mouth. Only the small ones, not the, the mini pies. Are you serious? Not those great big things. Just the oh. small pies. Mince and dumplings. Oh yeah, mince and dumplings. Well, my nan used to serve mince me mince and dumplings. Meat. Just mince meat in the oven. Which really? is really like a shepherd's pie without the potato. Just mixed I, I used to like dumplings. That's strange enough, but, but we had a beef casserole or a lamb casserole. And I used to quite like dumplings. Dumplings are lovely. Very yeah. fattening again. Do you have a thought on the man who was killed yesterday, executed, Troy Davis? 
Do I have a thought on that? Well, I've read his... Read his you know, he has been protesting his innocence for a number of years, the but they've, they've explored every avenue. They've... 22 years... And uh, they've said he's a compulsive liar. Everybody was out there. Yeah. And they said, do you want to say anything? No. He engaged with the uh, brother of the policeman that he shot uh, because they, the family are invited in to watch. But yes, that's right. Yes, they actually watch and they do the first injection and then the second injection goes in and it's the, the first one puts them to sleep and the second one. And as uh, so they've talked about that, they said, is, is it actually justice or illegal lynching? All the people outside are going... You know, the, too much doubt. Even some jury members didn't believe, did, uh, sort of, didn't believe in the in the execution. See, I'm a, I'm dead against executions like that. Anyway, I think they're barbaric. I don't think we should be. I think, well, to be honest, that. I'd rather have a lethal injection and be put to sleep than have uh, and have a, a an electric chair. Well, I don't think any of it. Or I even hanging. I'd rather or hanging or gas. The yeah. gas chamber, didn't they? Yeah. Um, I don't like any of it. I just, I, you know, it. Unless someone, even if someone is is guilty, should we be projecting that image across the world that yes, and there we are? It never works though, because people always say it's a deterrent. Well, it quite clearly isn't. It isn't because people are still carrying on committing crimes. Yeah, and if we brought it back here, would it stop people with guns? No. And would it stop people with knives, no. which has been progressing through our society for the last ten years, more and more so? Yeah, it wouldn't stop it. And I don't think it's a deterrent. And I think that it's just, I just can't bear it. I really have never, ever liked corporal punishment. I know people do bad things. In fact, I watched the programme about Fred West. I didn't see that. And it was all about all the people that he killed, which were, which was horrifying, what that man did. Mm. And But he took his own life. That is a different thing. Mm. He took his own life because he was guilty. Mm. If you're not guilty... You how... just wish she'd done the same, don't you, really? Yes, you do, because she was worse. Yes, absolutely. Worse. Yes. And she's demanding all sorts of things in prison, isn't she? She was quite a difficult thing. Yes. The trade is a very difficult woman in the, in this programme, which was called Appropriate Adult, and I'm sure lots of people watched it, it was a two-parter. Right. Very, very good programme. Um, there's uh, 100 years of motor cars inside the paper today, and um, Ricky Gervais has, set his, uh, has said he's set to film two pilot sitcoms at the end of the year. He's, he's offered a part to an idiot abroad star, Carl Pilkington. I don't get that idiot abroad. Neither do I. I, I really don't get it. I must be on another planet. I can't bear it, but I'll tell you what I do get. USA X Factor. Oh, it right. It is riveting. It's certainly better than ours. Right. And it's nice to watch Simon Cole, and you get to see Cheryl Cole in action. Oh, lovely. And then she's gone. All Good in the stuff. same programme. Here's poor old Mark Wright, still trying to develop a career. It's not happening, Mark, is it? And Russell Grant, uh, not doing so well. He's nursing an injured foot uh, in the Strictly Dancing programme. I've missed most of it, actually. I have I've too. not been watching it. Plimsolls with elasticated sides for Trevor and Hackney. Yes, we were really sort of thinking about things we could bring back that, um, that had, um, you know, that you were to do with food. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You do a plimsoll. Yes, you can do a plimsoll. Remember, you used to have to whiten your plimsolls with that. Little thing yeah. with the sponge on the end. Absolutely. And you it oh, you were lucky to have a thing with a sponge. That was far too expensive for us. <laughs> you we, were very we used to have Blanco, <laughs> Blanco in a tin, and you sort of did it. John, thank you. Pleasure. John will be back with us uh, next week at the same time. And uh, that's it for this morning. If you go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk, you can find out about the, uh, the uh, chance for walking up the red carpet, which is for Monday, the 3rd of October. Back with you on Sunday for In Conversation between 6 and 7, then the Sunday Breakfast Show, and then back with another brand-new In Conversation between 9 and 10. Nick and the team with you after the news at 7 this morning. First of all, the business update with Jim Diamond. Thank you, Steve. The FTSE 100 will start the day at 50.41 after closing down.